Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Forever. Any, any any soldiers in your family, you know, like anybody served the country? I mean, my dad was a private in the U.S. Army, and then my grandfather also was in the Army as well, but I can't remember. I, I'm, I, I want to say Air Force, but I think that's just because I can't remember specifically what it was. I knew it was something... He had like some kind of special designation that wasn't private, and so I'm just like, uh, yeah, he was in the Air Force, but I don't know. I feel like you're making that up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was, but it's some, you know, he might have been like a, he might have had some kind of designation that was above private. That I just don't know what it was. I feel like you just went mm. up a long jam. I do. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and my mama is um, <laughs> my brother. He was in the army. For about half of boot camp, and then he went AWOL. But I mean, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's real. Oh, oh, man. Man. My brother's trash. It like, it's all good, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my dad's, my dad was in the Marines for two years, but he never, he didn't uh, go to war. And, uh, and then my brother-in-law is in the army reserves right now. And I think both of my grandfathers were in the army to some degree. We get it. Show off. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think anybody saw a combat, not that I know of, you know. So yeah. uh, you know. I think I think my uncle step uncle? Uncle, whatever. Step uncle, um, okay. Like it was like my stepdad's brother. He was in um, Vietnam and like he came back with some stories of like he was one of the people who had to jump out the plane and all that shit. And uh, I was like, bruh, what? And you see when like, he walks with a limp. He was stuff, a paratrooper? Dog, he, the stories of how many people don't make it to the ground. What? I was like, I, yeah. I like because apparently, like you're, if you're like, um, if you pull your parachute, you're kind of floating. So it's yeah. like, yeah, it's you know, so dangerous. It's super dangerous, <laughs> right? But how I'm many like, people brothers. don't make it to? The, I feel like at that level, man, the percentage should be worked out a little bit more, <laughs> right? But it's like they're also Not jumping bad. during combat, right? They're so jumping like, during combat. So, like, yeah. so people are shooting flying and, and planes yeah. just yeah. going through. They're, they're they're jumping through planes. Like oh, I'm good. People are shooting at them. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and he always had stories about how they were over there and they kind of were treated nice, but came back and they were just black in America. And I was like, well, shit. Um, this is so like so always. Sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was like, damn, you. I was like, I didn't know what to say after that. Yeah, man. so when my grandfather but, was flying his planes, because he was oh, there. Here we go. <laughs> here we go, James. When he was flying his planes, you know, he was talking about it's he had not stories. A competition. Too. <laughs> What's this, give me a story, James. <laughs> no, I'm just saying he has stories. I mean, I don't, I don't need to work. I ain't, that's I mean, his story. James, it's not my place uh, to tell. Okay. Unless you got a soldier story. <laughs> wow. wow. Is that okay. the, I thought you were helping him is with that. Is that the James. intro? 
Yep. <laughs> yeah, he does that. What's that? Thing. Oh, yeah. I listen. Oh, to the you're podcast. right. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah. I mean, no. I, I mean, James was just talking about stories, but I was just saying, unless he has a soldier story. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, literally what? what I. It would have been a. So had I told it, <laughs> it would have been a soldier oh, story. Do you have a soldier story? I just. <laughs> It just what? feels wrong to say it right now. Does it? Oh no! Please given, say it. No, given the fact that he's he's clearly <laughs> trying to to end this. What am I trying? I feel like I have done. <laughs> <laughs> Can we please start the show? <laughs> All right, let's start the show. <laughs> Golly. Jonathan Raylock, James the Third, Drop Milligan. Welcome to Black Men Can't Jump in Hollywood. Hollywood City. Well, where are you from? <laughs> England. That's the. I actually did really. I do like that line. He doesn't say <laughs> that it line was anything. Great. <laughs> he doesn't say it anything like James just said it. No, but that's it's a, how he said it. it. A, he goes. He goes. Well, where are you from? <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, where is that? Where, where is that? It's, in the, it's, it's you know, it's when it's when uh, Waters is like going in on everybody, like, "Why you fool? You fools talk like this, that, 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 that fools from around here." Southern He's like, "Oh, I bet you from the south, aren't you?" Well, where are you from? Oh, when Denzel no, it's, for, it's Denzel saying it, and Denzel <laughs> yeah, has he, never sounded like your sound. Wait, Denzel says it yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah. James, no, not James, like don't that. do you this. You know he got a, he putting on a voice in this movie. Y'all know he is. He putting on a not voice. Not like I that. Just, I no, just no, he put. I just finished it one second ago. It well, sounds yeah. like Denzel playing a pimp. Like that's what it sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> well, where are you, you from, bitch? Like that's what it sounded like. Where are you from? <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, much cooler. Than this. There was no time. Yeah. It was because he was like, no, quiet. yes, there he was. was. Like, he was like, well, where, where? All right, let's not, all right. we're done with this. Okay. You're not going to disrespect me. I, mean, I don't I like it. I don't disrespectful. Don't do that to Denzel Washington. Oh, my goodness. Um, oh, uh, for those of you uh, listening right now, this voice that sounds like it could be a captain or maybe a corporal in the army is, uh, you know, that of a commander, of course, is, is, is Jonathan Braylock. Do, do you believe that? What's that? Like for real? <laughs> like, do you believe you believe your voice gives off that kind of? You're right. It's more like a general vibe. Okay, fair enough. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> this voice is. I'm so mad. Every time you do that, it throws me off. It throws off what I would do. This is Gerard Milligan, and I'm James the Third. Okay. Um, your voice is deeper than that, James. Nope, that's where it is. All right, enough messing around because we have a guest in the studio today. We do. Oh wait, 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 wait! <clears throat> Very uh, accomplished guest. I got to do my drums. Are you gonna okay. do drums? Or are you gonna do like military horns? Well, oh no, no, I'm not in the military. I can't do the horns. Okay, you're right. Okay, but I was in the band when I was in middle school, so a brother <laughs> can do the drums. Okay, here we go. All right, ready, brace. Yes. Ready, brace. Yes, go ahead. Terrible. Oh, wow. Okay. 2019 winner of NBC's National Stand-Up Comedy and Variety's Top 10 Comics to Watch. It's Frankie French, everyone. 
Hey guys. Wissy, Wissy. Those drums were for you. She said, Those drums were for you. Thank you. Those drums were for you. I appreciate the attempt, but those were not drums. Uh, that was not a That was more like cooing with a baby. That was like, Welcome to the top of your bird. Like, I don't know. But you know what? You know, I like that better. That's a special throwback. Okay. No one's gotten a throwback like that. So you know it. what? I appreciate it. Thank you. And you can just <laughs> refer to me as Queen of the World. Okay. Love it. Of uh, the world. There it is. Queen of the okay. world. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Oh, shut your face. Uh, Thank you for having me. <laughs> we are, of course, yeah. uh, reviewing a soldier's story, which is a 1984 uh, mystery thriller film that came out. Uh, oh, it's that a stars. Hold on, I was gonna say Denzel Washington, but he is one of the, the stars supporting characters. There's a lot of stars, yeah. man. It's Howard E. Rollins Jr., yeah. Robert Townsend, Adolf, mm-hmm. Caesar, Adolf Caesar, David, David, David Allen Greer, yeah. Robert. That oh, was Patti LaBelle singing in this. Yeah, Patti LaBelle. Yeah, yeah. LaBelle. My God, she was singing. Um, who was who was the uh, uh the who played CJ? No, the the sergeant. Uh, he passed uh, away. Yeah. Who's, Adolf Caesar. Adolf Caesar. Adolf Caesar. Adolf yes, Caesar. Adolf right. Caesar. He, Who his name was Adolf Caesar. He was nominated person. for an Academy Award for this role Absolutely. for best supporting actor. He should have yeah, been. He, he oh. should have been. Robert Townsend. This, we say that yet? Yeah. Robert Townsend. Yeah, we yeah. did. This movie. He has, was so young in here, man. Yeah, right. they all were. Uh, this movie has a ninety-two percent. Uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it was nominated for three Academy Awards, uh, Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Adapted Screenplay. Uh, Charles Fuller, who is also um, the playwright uh, of A Soldier's Play, which is what this uh, movie is based off of. Oh, no. Uh, yes. And, yeah. Uh, it also made, I guess it says, $21 million. Yeah, that's not bad. Back then, that's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Twenty-one million off a six million off a six million million. dollar budget. That's not bad. bad. Also, to get six million in nineteen eighty-four, like honestly, for an all-black movie, that's that's pretty. That's pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, with a baby Denzel. Shoot, (laughs) he was a baby Denzel. A little baby Denzel. Yes, he was wearing Um, that that uniform though. What? <laughs> when my man okay, showed Denzel. up in the beginning, his jaw pushed all the way out. It was Super Denzel. Super Denzel. It was. He was real Denzel. I was like, okay. I was, oh I was like, I don't goodness. know why I feel funny, but I feel funny right now. With him. <laughs> uh, wow. The, the basic uh, kind of premise of the film is a uh, captain, uh, Richard Davenport who is a lawyer, uh, uh, not sentenced, tasked to go investigate a murder of a uh, black officer who is a sergeant um, in, where are they? Oh, they were in Louisiana. Okay. Yeah, they were in the Uh, South, baby. During during World War II, um, a bunch of uh, black soldiers. uh, And yeah, that's that's it. He's trying to find out who killed this sergeant. Um... All right. Shall we do our initial thoughts? Frankie, would you Absolutely. like to start us off with what you kind of your initial thoughts of, of watching this movie? Yes. Have you seen it before? 
Oh, I've seen it a, a many, many times before. Yes. My grandmother raised me, and it was one of her favorite movies. Mm, and so we watched amazing. it all the time. So <laughs> this was this is very nostalgic for me to rewatch it. And I remember watching it as a kid and not fully understanding what I was watching. Right. Do you get what yeah. I mean? And so now, kind of going totally. back yeah. and rewatching it, a lot of I'm like, oh, okay. So I get it. I can relate to a lot in the movie. Growing up, when my mother was around, she was a stickler about language. And so even if I was on the phone with a friend, I couldn't use slang. She would like snatch the cord off. Yeah, she was very particular about the way we spoke. And so kind of watching that parallel and understanding, I I didn't have empathy for the Sarge when I was little. I was like, he was a bad guy. He was so mean. And I, I didn't understand the psychology of what he had gone through growing up and with his father and all of those different things that affected who he ultimately became. So now watching it through a different lens, I'm, I have more sympathy and empathy for him as a human. Um, and, and, right. and I'm just like, oh, wow, this is a completely different thing than what I initially thought. Um, and it's just so interesting how a lot of those things that they were going through in the 40s, you know, this fictional depiction, uh, pretty realistic, we still experienced it now, you know, and it's just so interesting to me how we just as humanity and as a society, we haven't grown or evolved as much as we think we have in terms of our humanity and our empathy. So those, those are my initial thoughts. That's great. That might be the deepest initial thoughts we've ever got. That was beautiful. God damn. That was, that was the beautiful. All right. Uh, just take, please take this clip uh, and post it. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was wonderful. God damn. Uh, what do you think, Gerard? I mean, I liked this movie a lot. I, uh, honestly, I remember seeing this when I was younger, but I'm more familiar with the play because, um, I was obsessed with like the Negro, the National Negro Ensemble here in New York. Cause like the legend was, you know, Denzel played this part, you know, in theater. And then like, that's how he got in the movie. Then like Sam Jackson came and then like, that's how he got on. And like, this play was like such a the big legend. deal to like, <laughs> I mean, that's what they say. I mean, I mean, I've seen photos of him, but I don't know if that's real. Like somebody just was in the audience, like let's adapt this play and put that black man in it. But it was cool to watch it. And it's so funny because um, the sergeant, I immediately started hating. But yeah, but once you started peeling back the layers, like he reminded me of just of like, sadly to say, some of my relatives from the South who <sighs> appearances matter so much. Like appearances matter. Like um, the coloring of the cousins amongst my family matter. Like, you know, eye color matters. So like if you were one of the cousins with, was fair skin with like green eyes. Like you were the, the peak, you know, if you were like brown, but then had like blue, like hazel or gray eyes, you could be like in the middle. Like they, the sisters were named like beauty and punk, um, punk being a dark skin one, beauty being the light skin one. And it was all this kind of like, I don't know, man, it was just this, 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 this inner pressure and hatred. So to see this guy do that to other black people, because that's what he knew, but also like the bitterness in him, even though he had a, powerful position i was like man this was very well done and also i looked it up this was very well done it was a white director and i was like shut up i didn't even know that yeah 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 white dude directed i was like also also sorry last thing i did like the play like the fact that this was a play that was a movie but it didn't feel like a play like sometimes i feel like when they adapt the play it's like oh yeah we shot this in like one room Mm -hmm. whereas this 
Wes is on one location, but it felt more lively. So I love that. Well, I mean, I had never seen or read the play, and I had never mm. seen this movie before. <gasps> it was one of the. It was one of the, yeah. It was one of those like. Uh, like I knew the legend. I knew the legend that Gerard was just talking about. Like I knew of the play. I know of the Negro Ensemble Company. I, you know, I was steeped in a, into that world, but I'd never seen this play and had never seen this movie. Um, and so the whole time I was watching the movie for this, I was just angry at myself for having never, <laughs> for having never even like, you know, even try. Like I'm, I'm just looking up right now. Like there was a production the fall of the year that I moved out to New York off Broadway with like mm. Anthony Mackie and Mike Coulter and like, Oh wow. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> Tay Diggs. All of these people were in this. And then, and then it was just off broad. It was just on Broadway right before the pandemic. Yeah. And we had just, we had just moved at the, at the, the time we had just moved from New York. So I couldn't have seen that, but like, oh, I wow. was just, it was so good. And, I, and Charles Fuller, I've read, Zoom in and the sign, which is a play I really, I really like that play. So I like this playwright, and I, I don't know. I thought this was so good. I thought it was a great adaptation. My only issue, adaptation wise, not not knowing what it's like on the on the on the page for the play, is like I wouldn't have wanted to hear the lines from, and I don't know if this is diff, different from the play or not, but the lines from the from the sergeant. Of like, oh, right before he, he right in before the beginning. he got, yeah, had they not it, done that, it, it would have been more of a mystery. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. But, but I thought it was great, and like the, it was really cinematic, and the, and the, I kept making me think about like, oh, are, are, is this just monologues in the play? Probably not. They probably have monologues that lead into scenes, sort of just like what we're seeing. But it really translated super well to the to the screen. You know, I thought that was, you know, so. All the I thought all the acting was great. I thought um, Melissa's uncle was great in this. <laughs> and, um, I just I don't know this whole this. I really had a great time watching. I mean, I had I also never seen uh, this movie before, and it was great. I mean, uh, also shout out to <laughs> longtime listener Stitch Jones, who's been asking us to do this movie for maybe four years. <laughs> wow, <laughs> we finally we are it. doing it. We did it. When I saw it, on, I was surprised to see it on the list and then so excited. Yeah, I yeah. was very excited to see it. Yes, thank you for finally getting us to, to review it. I mean, it was, yeah, I think, I, I also didn't, I don't really know much about um, uh, Howard E. Rollins, uh, who I believe was the captain. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I'm interested to kind of, kind of go through his filmography a little bit because i thought it was i mean this was such a strong movie and he played such a kind of lead role in that uh he he looked a little bit like sydney portier <laughs> like there's yeah, a yeah. he, he mm-hmm. kind of gave me that same vibes of like the stoic handsome uh strong uh, uh black leading man and um this was like a yeah, it, the the cast of this film is incredible, so it was very fun. I agree, James. I It was kind of a little obvious from the beginning that it was... I, I didn't know exactly who it was, but I was like, well, it's clearly a, a Black person who killed him, just based I off of what he said. I thought the opposite when I first said. saw it. 
<laughs> oh god! I did. I thought. It was, yeah. I was hoping it wasn't a black person. I think that was my thing. Please don't let right. it be a black. Person. Well, just the specific line of they'll they they'll still hate you. Yeah, I thought he yeah. was talking about the black um, military people. They're still gonna hate you, white person. What you're doing? Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, got I it. Yeah. Uh, that's how my okay. when I was little. That's how my brain interpreted it. Got it. it again, yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay, I can see how you could get to. Uh, right. I, I, I was reading it as like, they're still going to hate you because you're black. I, right. and, but I, I didn't Damn. know who it was necessarily. I just yeah. thought I was just like, oh, okay. But yeah, this, this, the other thing about this story is that it's very, it is tragic in the sense that there's no, there's like no real good guy. Even the captain, you know, at the end, like it's it's one of these things of like, man, we're like <laughs> beating up on each other, killing each other. There's no it's it's like we're being pitted against each other in this way. And there's no like clear right or wrong kind of answer to me. Uh, and it's it is kind of sad in that way, but it's very well told. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to just kind of talk about uh, this movie. Me too. Um, yeah. I, I just yeah. looked up the play and um, it it like before it just ended is crazy because David Allen Greer plays the sergeant mm-hmm. yeah. in the in the play. And it's like so many just like young cats and I'm pretty sure we all know in this Broadway play. And I'm like, God dang, this thing was stacked. But I don't think they're bringing it back now. Oh, oh man. That's anyway. I hope they do. I'd love to see it live on Broadway. That'd be fantastic. Who was in the yeah. cast? Because it the ended cast. its run only because of COVID. Right. So, like, it, oh, they, is that could, they could bring it back. I hope they so. They could bring it back. Things, ha- things have reopened, but it's all a matter of, like, you know, you, they, they actors like David Allen Greer and Blair Underwood, like, they, and Kenny, and the director, you know, they probably move so much shit to make sure that they're available to do this play for this <laughs> period of time. Mm, right. <laughs> you know, so. Cause apparently they both did the Broadway. I mean, the Negro ensemble one. And I was like, yo, at least Blur Underwood. And I'm like, yo, that, that Negro ensemble sucks. is not what it used to be, but I'm like so many wonderful black actors came out of there that like, I just wish they still had that theater in Harlem, man, where you could just see like black plays with a big ass stage but what can you do? What can you yeah. do? A um, uh, little bit of backstory too, apparently. So this is according to Wikipedia, but uh, let's see, where is this source? It's sourced from a soldier story box office data. Uh, it said that the, many of the cast members and the director worked for scale or, or less under a tight budget. Oh, wow. Uh, the director said, no one really wanted to make this movie a black story. It was based on World War II, and those n- themes were not popular at the box office. Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers turned it down, as did Universal and Metro Goldwyn Mayer. Uh, and then Columbia's Frank Price read the screenplay and was deeply interested, but the studio was hesitant about its commercial value. So Jewish, Jewish then offered to do the film for a $5 million budget and no salary. Wow. Uh, and when the Dang, that's disrespectful. <laughs> and when the DGA insisted he must have a fee. He agreed to take the lowest possible amount. Um, so that's wow. why it only costs around $6 million. And then, But yeah, it's, it still end up grossing about over $21 million. I saw somewhere else that Caesar Washington and Riley were all in the play, but so was uh, William Allen Young as well. I didn't know. Um, right. Yes. That's cool. Yeah. 
Damn. So he like he was about to do and they were gonna let him do that until <laughs> DJ stepped in. That's insane. <laughs> But that's insane. The studio was like, all right, cool. We just won't pay you. Like, that's insane. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we don't have to pay you? Great. <laughs> like, you was going to do it for free? Black I mean, stars look. aren't seen as valuable or necessary. Right. Why does anyone need yes. to know our stories? You know right. what I mean? You know. So, they're not interesting this, enough. No, they're, right, right, right. But this movie <laughs> is so, like I said, watching it as an adult. I connected with it on so many different, and it's so beautiful and and the depth of pain that everyone's going through this collective experience, but they're experiencing it in so many, in such different ways. And I remember growing up in an all white neighborhood, right? And I was literally the only black family. And I remember when I was uh, a small child, I was born into the nation of Islam. And then as I got a little bit older, we, um, converted to Sunni Muslim. Mm. Uh, and then as I got mm. older, we, my family, just like religion just went away at, at some point. And so I grew up in a very black experience, even though mm-hmm. I lived in a very white area. But as I got older, I had nothing really grounding me to my blackness anymore. And so I was living in right. this all white neighborhood. It's all white area. All my friends were white and I'm black. And I didn't have any context as I got older for what that meant. And I'll never forget, I, was, I think I was probably 11, and I was walking with a group of uh, my white best friend, this guy. And he says to me, you're not like other black people. You're like one of us, is what he said. You're like one of us. And I remember in that moment feeling proud of that. Right. That was one of yeah. my most humiliating, when I think back to it, I'm so ashamed of that young girl. And I feel so bad for her to feel like, oh, yeah, finally, I belong. That, that's not OK. And there's so in this movie, some of the characters are so deeply steeped in that. And the sergeant, like when I say I have so much empathy for him, he was a monster on the surface. But really, that was his pain that we were seeing. That was, his, that was his own internalized, the abuse that he experienced. You know what I mean? And, and we all know what it's yeah. like to traverse a world where you're just not good enough. There's nothing, there's no way you're ever going to be good enough. And just the pain of that, just walk around. I, I can easily be brought to tears when I hear stories. What someone else may think is a small story of racism because I, don't, I just, my brain can't comprehend. How do you hate me for something that I just can never change? I'm a human, the same as you. How do you right. not see that? That's the one of the white dudes said in there, like uh, the soldiers, like, don't blame me because God made you black. Right. Yeah. As he says to his face, don't blame me. Don't that blame. was it, oh, the most wild and yet accurate line. You so know what accurate. I mean? Yeah. Don't blame me. I mean, think about it. John James, like, have y'all ever had that? Like, I, I oh, can I mean, count the times I've had, like, oh, man, you're not like one of them. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on, man. I'm blacker than you. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm blacker than you. I like the, I like these rap artists and you don't, so I'm blacker than you. I, <laughs> yeah, you know. James is a black, white person. <laughs> I, I have that, a quote from someone saying that. Oof. that and then- Melissa, what about you? You can just type it in the message. I'm just curious if five... Oreo, oh, yeah. Yeah. What is what is sad? I just wanted to point out is that five black people right now have all had the same secular experience yes. of having their blackness questioned. 
You know what I mean? Right. And still having to continue with their everyday life. Yeah. You know, and, and like, it's usually based off of some some ster- racist stereotype. But then it's not it's not like they're not seeing us as black. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's the other thing yes. about it. That's right. That's the that's yeah. You know, <laughs> it's right. like you don't like, stop being black. It's just uh, you know you're you're, like you're, black con- you're <laughs> yeah yeah yes yeah. you're not <laughs> you're one of the scary night. blacks <laughs> yeah. yeah but then that sucks too because then that also like causes a division because I remember growing up like. I, you know, wasn't the toughest to a certain extent. And then that made it so that, you know, I had to go out and prove how black I was, you know? So it got to that point of like trying to overcompensate for it. But then, you know, you didn't want to be one of the kids that they called like corny or, you know, this and that. So like, it just causes a subdivision of like anger amongst the black people based on shit that (laughs) we have nothing to do with. Yeah. Oh, this movie. But we do it to each other, even even within the world of stand-up. Oh, yes. In the world of stand-up, the way I have, there's a group of comics that are, they, they label themselves as urban comedians, and they love to call me, you're a mainstream comic, Frankie, you're mainstream. And so that's interesting, because I can work all the same rooms that you can, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and still do my job well. But they, they say it in a way to diminish me and who I am as a Black comedian. You're not really a black comedian, like how right. we're black comedians. You know what I mean? And yes. I, I just find, you, you know what I'm talking about, James? No, that's, like, that's <laughs> so just, hard, I can man. just hear it. I can just hear, I haven't had that experience, but I, it yeah. feels like very much like a, 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 a real thing of like, okay, okay, all right, fine. They're di- these are the divisions, you know. You're, you're mainstream. You've, you've, you know, even you've sold out. You've whatever it, whatever it is, whatever mainstream means. It's like okay. <laughs> it's like it's like you got a code switch in everything. It's like you got a code switch in life. You got a code switch in comedy. It's like and it's and the thing is, it almost feels like I was reading this article with Issa Rae just talking about insecure in the final season. It's like yo, you. It's so hard to please everybody because you're trying to like her trying to do a show for black people, but then it's on HBO. But it's like, oh, can white people watch this show? Is it comfortable enough for them? And it's like, I don't want it to be comfortable enough All for them. Right. I'm even thinking about this movie, and it's like this movie. Denzel's character, um, I don't know why I jumped to him, but his character to me is so relatable because I mean, aside from what he doesn't mention, he's relatable because <laughs> he's seen both sides. He's seen like you know Hollywood, California. He's been in the South already, and now he's here. So he's seen, like, you know, the liberal, the not, and now he's kind of in this place, and it's like he is now fed up completely with the bullshit. Doesn't matter if it's white, black, like, I came here to do this job. I'm completely over the bullshit, and that's one of the things that scares me about society when it becomes, you know, I feel like black people, we got to take a lot. Black folk, we take a lot, man. And it's like, what happens when, like, People just stop. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we're just tired of this now. You know, that's my fear. Life doesn't happen bi weekly. So why should payday, the money you earn, can be in your hands today with Earning? Earning is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day and up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earning app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. And look, guys, I know you're like me. Sometimes unexpected instances come up where you need a little extra cash. I know for me, we I got two dogs. 
every now and then one of these dogs eat something that they're not supposed to eat. <laughs> they be pooping, uh, you know, doing yeah, something. And I'm I like, we got to take this dog to the vet. And the vet's like, you got to give me my money. And I'm like, goodness gracious. Well, that's why you got something like earning because you can make earning a part of your financial routine. Enjoy earnings over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about earning, I think about financial stability and security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earning Today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earning app, type in Jump Under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help the show. Jump Under Podcast, subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See Earning.com slash T-O-S for details. Earning is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. I love driving with Uber because I have access to 24-7 live support, which is really great because I like to drive at night. I like to know I have support in the middle of the night or early in the morning. I can chat with a live agent 24-7. As a female driver, I get it. You need to feel protected. And Uber has our back for sure. Uber, earn like a boss. Sign up to earn today at uber.com slash boss. This episode is brought to you by Cliff Kid, makers of Z-Bar. It's the perfect energy snack bar for kids for just about anywhere. Soccer practice? Check. Playground fun? Check. After school dance rehearsals on the other side of town during rush hour? Z-Bar is perfect for that too. Soft baked and made with wholesome ingredients like organic oats? Cliff Kid Z-Bar is on-the-go snacking made easy. Visit cliffkid.com to learn more. That's C-L-I-F-Kid.com. So, what are you thinking for lunch? Uh, I can't. I'm getting new window treatments. Why don't you just go to Blinds.com? Because I need custom products. Blinds.com products are made to order, and they ship samples to you fast and free. Wow, how convenient. Tell me more. They can even verify your measurements and handle the installation. Plus, their 100% satisfaction guarantee. Well... You've convinced me. Let's go eat. I've got time now. Shop Blinds.com and save 40% on selected products. Rules and restrictions may apply. The way this movie... I mean, the the movie starts with the murder. We see uh, uh, the sergeant kind of stumbling around drunk. and And then we see this gun kind of get pointed at him. And he says something to the effect of they'll still hate you. and you know the the squadron that he's kind of looking after is told about this i think denzel is one of the people who's like well do they have any leads and they're like person to say that yeah now looking back knowing what i know about yeah i'm like nigga you did it like i know exactly yeah yeah yeah. yes Uh, yes (laughs) and then somebody's like well it's obviously the kkk and they're like what did you see it then shut up like don't say anything and yeah. it becomes kind of abundantly clear that the white officers don't really care who did it. They just want to make sure that all these black soldiers aren't going to do anything about it. hundred um, percent. They, they make the town off Tynan, they make the town off limits. Like you can't even go in. Yeah. Town. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't that like real life? Like if some oh, black person gets shot in the street, it's like, hey, black folk, <laughs> hey, Listen, we know us white folk, we will burn down the town when we win a baseball game. But don't y'all do the same. Right. 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 
for having someone well, murdered. Which is so interesting. <laughs> I was just like exactly what you're saying, Drell. Like even within the world of this movie, right? Why do the white officers? So when the when the captain comes and he's tasked to lead this investigation, everyone's concerned about him. Why? Because he's a black, you know, lawyer, he's black. Uh, he's a captain, oh, right? Hate, oh, I hate and that. And they're like, no, nope, you, uh, the white. Not only do white soldiers, but the white townspeople are go are not going to take well to a black officer kind of pushing people around and asking questions. We are going to have a ride on our hands by the white people. Right. And if that happens, that's on you guys. It's like right. it's not like, hey, we got to. If, and if a riot happens, we're going to make sure that we clamp down on that as hard wow. as we possibly can. We're going <laughs> to tear gas them. We're going to shoot them. You know, none of that. It's like, hey, hey, no. we can't let these white people riot because then, you know, if they go kill a bunch of you, you. Right. that's we on you. We can't protect you. <laughs> Yo, I, like, <laughs> Braille, like you saying that, I keep, I was reading this book and I shouldn't have read it. I will say that now. Um, I shouldn't have read it. But it was about... Um, What's called T- the towns, towns they can't erase or something like that. And it was about like all these, you know, black towns that were thriving and like how all of them went down, like how all of them ended up being mm-hmm. burnt. And every single time it was like something happening to a white person, rumored, yeah, usually a white yeah. woman. And the townspeople, including the cops, would just like come through and burn this town down. And every time somebody from the north would come and try to prosecute anybody from the town that they were accusing would do it. They were like, we don't want to uprile anybody. And even to this day, yep. even to this day, Tulsa still has done nothing. I mean, the people in Manhattan Beach just got the beach back. You know what I'm saying? In LA, like they just got their beach. Yep. That shit was taken. Uh, yep. The amount yeah. of times we can't do anything because it would upset. White people, make them uncomfortable. You can't make white people uncomfortable and you can't startle Kirsten in the, in, in the elevator. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my gosh, Yo. startled. Burn all this shit down. Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not how that works. But this Cut is the cords. Cut the cords of the elevator. We done. We get it. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And this is in the 40s. Let me get, I'm going to get off. Then we're going to cut the cords. Yeah, this is in the 40s. <laughs> in the 40s. So think about that. You have this handsome, well put together, physically fit, mentally cognizant, articulate, educated black man coming to the southern town that speaks better than all of the white people. He's more knowledgeable Man. than all the white people. Who do you think My, are? Screw, screw the forties. I keep thinking about literally. Was it four, like six years ago when we had a black president, and then after that black dude came through, we got the craziest white man of all time because we just hired a black dude in that jump. Like that is yeah, that was wild. That is insanity. America was like. Let's get the least qualified white person to show. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> just to just to prove a di. Just to this prove the show. <laughs> this is where it's at. Yeah, I was gonna say one of my favorite lines in this was, uh, they asked they asked the captain, "Oh, where where'd you go to school? Like, you oh, you have a law degree?" And he's like, "Yes." It's like, "Where'd you go to school?" And he said, "Howard." And you go, "Oh, yeah. what are you rich? What are your family yeah. rich?" And he's like, "Yeah, no. that he's <laughs> not like, no. smart." No. That no. You're, oh, you're, you're like, rich. My daddy was a mailman. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I went to West Point. Okay. You know? All right. Okay. <laughs> there are no black people there. And you're right. like, yeah, right. there's a reason for that. And it's right. not yeah. because they weren't qualified. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. They had on Vox Vox today, like, um, as we're recording this, they were talking about um the vaccine mandates and, like, how 
uh, the government is trying to force people to get mandated and how like they may have to send troops certain places. And they brought up how the last time that had happened is when they integrated the schools in the South. They like they integrated the schools in the South. A lot of governors were like, we're not we're not doing it. So they sent armed guards and like troops down there to handle it. And then someone said the date of when that happened. Like when that is legit in our parents and grandparents' lifetime yeah. that they weren't allowed to be in the same school as a white person. So even watching this movie and seeing like, um, was it the the white soldier the uh, lunchroom versus where the black people were, and like how even this this captain they were like, why is he in here? People below him are talking to him like they're I, his superior. I, yeah, I wanted to touch on that too. That's it's so, that's, yeah. Crazy. Like out their neck with no fear, with no fear. Yeah, yeah. man. <laughs> when he, so when, when he first, he first the, yeah, yeah, when, yeah, he, first when he first gets there, there and he's walking into the barracks, and the white uh, private walks by and he's just like, boop, 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 I'm white, I'm white, I'm white, I'm white, and then he's like, wait a minute, oh shit, he was a captain, yeah. and he stops and he turns around and he's like, he, I love how he just looks at him for a minute, like, word, hey, you, you didn't see, yeah. the cars. Hey, you better salute me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, and then after that, he goes to, so, uh, I, I forgot what, I, I forgot who the Lieutenant was exactly, exactly what his like position was, but you know, or he was in charge of the military, the color military police. And the guy's like, he sees him and then he's like, okay, well, you know, uh, so didn't know, they didn't tell me you're going to be like, it was going to be a Negro, you know, yeah. I don't know. It seems like they don't really like it. And then, he, and, then he, and then he's like, you mind if I speak freely? And he goes, you haven't stopped. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. What a good it's line. like you've That's been speaking freely yeah. this whole time. Yeah. You act like, it's like. Okay. <laughs> you mind if I speak yeah. freely? I was actually yeah. hoping you would dial it back a little bit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm oh. immediately going to ask for, for uh, you to be sent back home and for this investigation to be canceled. Uh, you know what I really wanted to see in this film, though? An air conditioning unit. Is that too? <laughs> I don't know. You know, you definitely wasn't yeah. getting that. No, 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 no. They really do like go in on the like, they're like, listen, every scene, somebody, they're going to be shiny. Yeah. <laughs> we're going sweaty, 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 sweaty. to put deep pit stains yeah. on every, yes. <laughs> every actor's yeah. going to have pit stains up to their <laughs> clavicle. Like, <laughs> yo, I mean, it's one of those things I keep thinking about this movie when you see, first off, I got to go back to just the talent on display uh, in this movie. Like, honestly, I think Robert, I, we talked about it before. I think Robert Towson deserves all the flowers. Uh, I feel like he doesn't get enough of uh, those roses because he did so much for black folk early on from directing yeah. like so many movies, some of our favorite comedy specials, you know, if you have heartbeats. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, come, I mean, shit. I, mean, I even think about like the Eddie Murphy special. He directed, um, which one's purple? Raw. 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 It's like I think about him directing that. Yeah, man, he's he's been out here. Keenan Ivory helped write it. It's like Robert Townsend done so much, and then to see him and see the dad. I'm sorry, I'm gonna say the dad from Sister Sister. James, don't kill me. I'm sorry, the dad from Sister Sister. I'm sorry. I had never seen him. I've never seen him young and not as a dad. And I was like, look at him out here, all young and spry, just just with the shits. Never seen him young. I haven't. I've only seen him as the dad, and then I've seen him on like. My mom watches some doctor show and he's like one of the veteran doctors on the show. But I'm like, Meteor that's man. Dad from... No, it's Moesha. Sorry, the doctor. I mean, he's the dad from Moesha. My yeah, fault, my fault, yeah. my fault. 
Yeah. People, people about to come after me for that. I'm sorry. You're talking about William Allen Young, which is his name. <laughs> Moesha. <laughs> come on, man. Who ain't like Moesha, bro? That was the first time I ever seen like a black girl on a sitcom like that. But also, Rudy, who? Rudy and Denise Huxtable. See, my thing is like, I was, I was not a fan of the Cosby show. Like I, I grew up and I was like, I don't like, I didn't know what preaching to me was, but I was like, Something I don't like off. how this you guy's like... talking to me. I was like, I just don't like it. Like he came to DC and Baltimore was telling people to put their pants up. Draw's been able to say this with, you know, some bass in his voice. Yeah, listen. listen. <laughs> the thing that actually makes me mad he's like, about he's the like, Cosby see, show. It's like, it's like he doesn't, he, hey, check our tape. Hey, before 2016, he ain't Yo. talking about how his hate for the Cosby right, show. Now right. all of a sudden, he's like, hey, I ain't never liked the Cosby Who? show. <laughs> that nigga sucks. <laughs> no, you better get. Check. And we're all just like, listen, okay. <laughs> we got to check the tape, okay? We got to check the tape. The thing that makes me mad about the Cosby show is in the pilot, they're a mess. Like, the family's a mess. Like, he's still a doctor, but everybody, like, the kids don't want to do their homework. Like, they're, they're, everything's a mess. Uh, Felicia's walking around in a robe like really? <laughs> these kids are driving me crazy yeah the pilot is the pilot is better than anything that, that the rest of the show that. ended up doing I'm gonna yeah. have to watch that <laughs> I, and honestly I wasn't a huge fan of the show but I watched it because it was black people I get yeah. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I and, and there wasn't a lot of watching and there were successful black people and it was kind of like, in that. your face, yeah. whites. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> we got a brownstone. I was like, yeah, man. <laughs> right, right. Just to watch it was dope. I like Wait, can it. I ask y'all a question? <laughs> nope. Does the fact, come on, does the fact that a black person killed him, killed the sergeant, wow. for some reason it hurt me a little bit. It hurt me like, too. It hurt me too. But I think that the rendering of the story is pretty great, and like, and it's and it touches on something a little bit more complicated than just black people hate white people. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, and, that's I, true. and I think that's why it hurts your heart. You know, like because it really is like that's part of why <laughs> that's part of why it takes so long for it to come out. Is there is 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 he's like they will think that white people did this. And the reason that he did it was because he thought that he was, and and rightfully so, because he had been basically shitting on specific black people for so long. You know what I mean? Like Not it just, just shitting it just, on, but getting them like murdered. Literally getting them murdered. Up. Yeah, taking yeah. their lives away. But then the but then it's like it's like the it, taking the lives. He literally slit the throat of of right. some guy, you yeah. know? Yeah. And and but like that was also taking a toll on him. I don't know. It's just like so. There's so many layers. Yeah, so nuanced, well, the reality, yeah. the reality, though, when you think about it, Denzel's character, sure, he pulled the trigger, but white people still did it. The systems that they put yeah. in place. Ooh. Yeah. All of the things that they put in place. The story is a lot bigger than that action. Absolutely. It's everything that everyone uh. went through at the hands of systemic racism that brought all of those black people to that moment, to that point. Absolutely. Right. You know. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even peep that. I mean <laughs> I mean yeah. that honestly. Well, <laughs> you about to say pray? I was just gonna say it's just because so one of the great things about this uh you know movie and, and I guess the play is that you have all these different characters who are dealing with kind of different issues and we see them like one by one because they're being interviewed right by the captain but the first one we see is um Wilkie. what is his name Wilkie. Wilkie, Wilkie, yeah. Wilkie, yeah. took me 10 and, years and so, to get them stripes okay, yeah so. exactly <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> and the that first so time he tells the story, uh, you know, and he's like, he's this, he's an, he's, he's older than I think most of the other troops. He's been oh. in this army for a long time and he used to have stripes, but they were taken away by the sergeant because he was drunk one day and the sergeant wanted to like teach him a lesson and was like, you're embarrassing us. Oh, also even before then, the, the captain was like, I mean, the, the colonel says to the captain, like, you better do a good job at this. Like, you, you know, like you're going to be a credit to your race. If you uh, are able yeah. to do something, yes. Yes. I think he literally says that line. And yeah. so already we're kind of hit with this, like I understanding of, Oh, there's an expectation on, you know, not just you as an individual, but you as the spokesperson for all black people. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if somebody else screws up at their job, if a white person screws up at their job, well, that dude's just an idiot. But if yeah. you screw up at your job, it's cause you're black. Right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but isn't that what we do? But like, for real, for real, isn't that the pressure of being successful in black? Like, even for yeah. any people saying like, you're mainstream. Like, I remember, I mean, honestly, even when we had the Netflix show, it was like, you are representing like, blackness in comedy like is that comedy corny like is that comedy black enough it like are we doing like sorry go ahead so much almost especially almost especially almost especially though to soldiers right like like Mm. i don't know that i've i don't know that i've ever seen the story told of a black soldier period i'm gonna say period but 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 particularly like pre the civil rights movement of like black soldiers wanting to fight and they want to fight for it's like what are what are black soldiers even fighting for if not fighting for black people and representing this sort of larger thing for other black because they're not just yeah. fighting for America. Right. Right. They're not yeah. fighting. I don't think they were fighting for America at all. They were fighting for yeah. equality within the system of, yeah. of the military. Yes. And trying to get right. proven by that. Cause they're like, well, America honors military people so right. much. So if black people can prove themselves in the military, yeah. then right. we will get the honor bestowed upon. Right. Come home soldiers to a hero's that... welcome. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's so tough. Cause that, cause I think about that, and yeah, this movie's supposed to take place in the 40s. It, it feels like a lot, and I do this a lot, and I feel like, James, you're probably a bit better at it than me, but like, I still, I feel like, want approvals from certain things. Like, I will always bring up wanting to go to the Oscars and get an Oscar. We're like, but that is an approval from a place that does not have a majority minority voting system. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you were to tell me, like, we got nominated for a Golden Globe, I'd be like, hell yeah. Even though the Golden Globes have such a big problem, they're not even airing those motherfuckers no more. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas, like, the ones that should get the biggest, you know, cheer is the NAACP Awards, which have been going on for decades. Same with, honestly, the BET Awards, which I'm happy people are actually showing up to now. <laughs> um, but it's like, it is constantly this thing of trying to prove your right to exist. Right. You know, like that's what it feels like. Not, sometimes it's like not even equality. I, I think about it sometimes it's just like, yeah, these people are willing to die for a country that outside doesn't like them. And even inside, you know, that army base, they didn't like them at all. But I'm supposed to go <laughs> die for these people and for their families, knowing that at the end of the day, they're going to say it's not my fault God made you black. Like that line, yeah. I just can't. You My know. favorite part of this movie that I imagine still happens in the stage version, but we're able to see on a significantly larger scale in the in the movie is is 
they are they get the order to fight. They're on they're on twenty four hour standby or whatever whatever mm-hmm. it was called, and everyone's the cheering movie, and yeah. celebrating. There's fireworks yeah. going. Yeah. Everyone's screaming, hollering. They cannot wait to literally go and maybe die. Right. Right. Like, yeah. but they, yeah. they're, they're, and, fi- and finally, too, because they've been, I don't know, for how, God knows how long they were, just like on, they've just been playing baseball. You right. know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're si- similar in Red Tails, right? They wanted yeah, yeah. the Red chance Tails. To, to prove themselves. Uh, and the fact that they feel like they kept being pushed to the sidelines was like very aggravating. And especially when you're, it, you're trained to kill, you know, you're like yeah. literally trained to fight and then you never get to do it. You know, it, it's, it's actually, a, it was a, it was the same thing in, um, not, not the race stuff, but the movie Jarhead was about kind of the yeah. people in the oh. first Iraq war who were trained for the first Iraq war, but then like, they never really, they didn't really get to fight much. Because because we were just so much overpowering in terms of like our air, like we just bombed the hell out of people. And mm. so they were like mad that they didn't get to fight more, you know? Yeah. Similarly, the thing I remember most about Jarhead is is just at the end where they're like, the war is over. And so many of them are like, they haven't fired their guns. So they're just shooting into the air because they're like, yeah. I never got to do that. All this pent up energy is like being yeah. released. It's wild. Wow. I mean, wow. I, I will say the one thing this movie does do is really paint this sergeant. Because I was wondering, because again, I haven't seen this in so long. For me, at the top of the movie, he was a villain until we started getting his flashbacks to figure out, like, I mean, that story of, you know, him being in in the war over in France and, like, them, like, paying the not-so-smart black dude to dress up in a monkey suit and put a crown on his head. Like, mm-hmm. th- there are moments where I will say myself, I get very nervous about how I'll come off if I know I'm black in a very white space. And if I see another person, another black person, I definitely not, but I'm really looking to see how they act. Cause I'm like, Hey, look, man, right. I don't know if these white folks have seen, you know, some niggas like that. So like you got to, we got to be cool in yeah. here. You know what I mean? And the fact, and the fact that we still, we still feel this way, <laughs> you know, yeah, like we still, man. it goes back to that thing that Frank was saying, like literally so many of the things that they're touching on in this movie, that movie that came out in the 80s that's yeah. set in, you know, the whenever it was set. When was it's it set? So the real. 40s. It's World War II, right? It's yeah, World War II. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> but it's still touching on stuff that's happening literally right now. It's wild. Yeah. I've been wow. in spa- predominantly white spaces, see another black person nod, and they look away because yeah. in that moment, I don't necessarily fit the image like uh, uh, aesthetics, like maybe I have on, you know, sweats or whatever, jean jacket. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I don't know that nigger. You know what I mean? Let me yeah. put my head. And it's just like, and I'm like, wow, wow. Damn. Yeah. You're my brother. You're my sister. You know what I mean? Man. Yeah. The, the number of times where, where, at- with when I'm wearing a mask and I notice someone give me the nod, sometimes I respond to the nod with like a what's up and not a nod back. Like I'll, yeah. I'll like say something, you know, mm-hmm. and like, but with a mask, <laughs> I don't know if they can hear it. And so right. then af- after the fact, when I'm like, I, s- I know I said, what's up? like I said, what's up to him? Oh no, but I don't know, but I don't know if they knew <laughs> that I reciprocated. The thing is you that I walked by, I got you. Well, okay. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 but Frankie, I'm saying, I said, what's, what I'm saying is I said, what's <laughs> but up? But there's so much pressure have double to that, James. <laughs> like, I feel like it's, you know, Frankie, hear what you're saying is like, I always would say, I, I've gotten nervous about what kind of black I come off as. Like I've, before when I was younger, it was clean shaven, Caesar haircut, no tats. Right. I got, 
I got my hair braided today and I was legit like, man, auditions I'm going to get are going to be like drug dealer. Is this a, like literally I sat in the chair with the woman. And she was like, yo, take some time. I was like, is this now? Am I now too black? Like that was legit. Yeah. I had a conversation with a woman today like, yo, if we do this, will I be too black? And it was my first time meeting her. She's like, I mean, I feel like it's in style. Just do what you do. I was like, <laughs> no, that's not how Hollywood works. Okay. Like, how many niggas you seen with locks in movies? Right. Yep. But it just yeah. never, you know, it's always that kind of pressure, which does suck that it is generational <laughs> decades that we still been dealing with the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> Lord. It's so interesting. This movie's so interesting because it's really, it's like, at the end of the day, they're all stuck within this kind of racist, white supremacist, su- supremacist society. And, and even more so within this military organization in which like rank matters and like hierarchy matters and like orders matter, you know, and like you have to respect your, your, you know, senior officer and you have to do the things that your senior officers tell you to do. And there's all this like order and law and that kind of stuff. And then it's like, how do you operate within that that system that's inherently racist to push forward, you know, black people, you know, and that's kind of what most of them are kind of trying to do in some way, right? Like there's these all these different tactics to do it because the captain comes in and he's like, I'm going to do, you know, my job. I'm going to lead this investigation. I, I have these orders from Washington, D.C. So he knows to a certain extent they have to listen to him. And yet he also knows he can't go above the corporal's head, you know, ah. like, or the colonel, I mean, or, yeah. you know, and like he still has to operate within the system. And like at one point, like they're like, you can't arrest white officers. Nobody, crazy. you don't have that power. Crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> like, what? And then he's like, okay, well, give me that power then. He's like, no, I won't, you know? And you're like, okay, so like, what do you do? Like, how do you operate? And then, you know, you have this sergeant and we kind of find out through the course of the movie that his whole thing was like, well, the way to uplift black people is by killing all of the, all of the dumb black people, all the black people who fit into this negative stereotype of ourselves who he sees as like coons in some way, you know, he literally says at one point, like the Nazis don't have, not all their ideas are bad. You yeah. know, so, some of us just, <laughs> it's just like, Oh my God. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, this idea that how much do you hate yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Go to therapy, my guy. Yeah. And I'm, and obviously he's, we see that he does like he drink, he's basically already drinking himself yeah. to death by the, yeah. by the point that he dies. But it's just like, you know, and then Denzel, it's interesting to have a person like that within the military because his character is very much like, you know, uh, like, I, I'm not going to take this. I'm going to speak up. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to allow you to treat us this way. And yet, he, at the end of the day, it's like you are in this military and like they could just lock you up, you mm-hmm. know, for disrespecting or, you know, he could, yeah. he, what, what, um, I forgot who the character, what was the character who, who minds up killing himself? What was his name? Oh, uh, uh, CJ. CJ, yeah. CJ, what CJ gets locked up for, Denzel's character already did, you know, months prior. Like mm-hmm. he punt, he fought, he, you know, he spoke back to this person 
he punched him, you know, mm-hmm. like he fought with him. But the interesting right. thing like, about the dynamic of that relationship is the Sarge actually respected Denzel's character. So right. Because he, he exemplified all of the things that he believed in. Yeah. Right. You know, for black people, which, you know what I mean? Which is so crazy. Yeah. Right. He didn't like the other right. guy. He didn't like CJ because he was like, he didn't like any Southerners. The one he liked yeah. the most was CJ because yeah. he was good at baseball and like to sing. And CJ made fun of I had to look this up. Had y'all heard of the had y'all heard of the the phrase uh Geechee before? I had to yeah, look that I, up. I had I, I had never heard it before. <laughs> and as far as my understanding of what I was able to look up, which is like which was it was connected to like Geechee Gullah or like a type of Creole like mm-hmm. speak. So he just sort of he just is it like a is it is it a, a, essentially a way of saying like you're a it's like saying like redneck but but, but for black, black like, people yeah but for black people. Oh, my, wow. my grandmother's from South Florida so I you know watching it with her I'm like what is a geek you know what does Geechee mean mm-hmm. you know oh. and she kind of broke it down in that way yeah oh I had wow. no idea yeah. and he was uh, he did like you know he had some kind of like superstitious. Like Man, you know, sick. like yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there's a crow, oh, in, a crow, 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 in crow in me. I love that the, the officer was like, oh, "Okay, okay." Right. <laughs> he was like, "I was just joking around." I, I, I you're to, getting I too real nice about No one ever listened to him when he tried. Even in the and this was messed up too, because like even in when he's in prison and yeah. he's trying to talk to David Allen Greer and he's like, "I don't have my dust," and he's like, "If you don't stop talking crazy, it's like." Yeah. No, that's that's yeah. this man's full beliefs. Like right. he was, yeah. he needs yeah. his damn dust. Like, his strength was in the dust. He said it. It will make it. you stronger. Okay, it was you know it was angel dust in that pouch, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! But if but if that's his religion, if angel dust is his religion, <laughs> let oh that man gosh. tweet. Okay. You take a little something like, "Hey, baby," <laughs> and then it. it you know, we also have this other story, this storyline of them. They're, you know, they're playing baseball and they're very good and they're beating all of these teams. And, you know, CJ's also the best baseball player. And so it's just this thing. And they eventually talk about how he is. White people love to admire him. They love to admire his strength. They love to admire his talent, you know. But they know that they can put him in his place by making fun. Of, if they make fun of him, he'll just kind of smile and nod and, right. you know, he won't stick up for mm-hmm. himself. And that makes them feel good about themselves, which is one of the reasons that the sergeant hated him so much, mm-hmm. you know, is because he was both envied by white people, but also ridiculed. So he was like, oh, this is your strongest person. We can ridicule this person. Right. You know, I remember my grandfather used to tell me, um, and it was so interesting thinking about it. He would say the most feared thing in America is an intelligent black man. And mm. I was like, and he and when he said the it, he said dangerous it. Dangerous thing in America is a disrespected white man. But go ahead. no, but hundred percent. But that's the Ooh. thing. But that's the thing though. And I think I think that line <laughs> is so fine. It's like if you're smart, whether it's a black man or black woman, you're smart. If it is smarter than a black, a white person who thinks they have more agency than you and more power than you, no matter how you speak to them. It will come okay. off as dis- disrespect. Doesn't matter if you say it in the nicest way possible. The fact that they didn't know it, the fact that their feelings are hurt or damaged at some point, all hell can break loose. I got fired from a job for that exact reason. Um, I was I was the director of talent acquisition for a tech company, 
And so I, I had built their entire recruiting department, their, um, their college recruiting department, like every, all facets of workforce management, I had created all the programs around it. And so I had, I had it running as like a well-oiled machine. Like when I got there, it was garbage. Uh, and the goals that they had been trying to reach for like three years, I was able to get them there within the first year of working there. And so Dang. I had, exactly, <laughs> but it's all good. So I, I would meet, I worked directly and reported directly to my CEO. So I would work be in meetings with the C-level staff and a lot of upper management. And I'm in a meeting one day and I'm just breaking down and, and going through our hiring process. And this white man who is actually at an equal level to me um, makes a suggestion that we change the way we hire rather than having a weekly hire date. He wanted it, what he called a universal start date. And he, you know, how they add words and make things sound like this is the new thing. We need a universal start date, but we were working with salespeople. So I explained to them, we can't have a universal start date because everyone's bonuses come at different times of the month. So we're going to lose candidates because if we try to hire them on this only one date, you know, a lot of people aren't going to be able to do that because they want to get their bonus before they leave their old job. Right. Mm -hmm. So I asked in that meeting, I said, if this doesn't work, how soon can we go back to my original program? And they're like, uh, you know, whenever you have some data, come back within a month or two and, you know, we can change it immediately. So I got I collected three months of data because you need three solid data points to make an accurate assessment. So I take three months. And we were losing literally 50% of our hiring candidates. No way. It was wow. the So I call a meeting and they're like, oh, wow, great data. We agree. Let's go back to your way of doing it. Month later, my original uh, boss gets fired. They put this other white man in charge of me. I cannot. The, the, one, who, the one who had the bad idea in the first place? The minute they did that, I texted my girlfriend. I said, I'm about to get fired. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you that right now. It may be like three weeks later, I got a phone call from my CFO. Hey, Frankie, we are, um, you're not fired, but we're terminating your position. (laughs) What the? (laughs) We don't, we don't need your role any longer. Long story short, I ended up getting a settlement because I immediately called a lawyer, but my point is. Hell yeah. Oh, 100%. I was like, oh, okay. Because so. you know what you're doing has evidenced by everything you had been doing before they <laughs> terminated wow. your position. Exactly. Damn. Damn. But how dangerous. Damn. Yeah, how terrified and insecure are you, just as a person, that my idea is genuinely better? This is just a thought you had in your brain. I had actual historical data. And you know what I mean? And, and facts and figures. I don't go wow. by feelings in business. I go by data. Because no one cares how you feel. This is a business. Mm-hmm. And you're upset because I'm doing, I want to do what's right for the organization, but you're mad that you were wrong? That's insane. That yep. is insane. How deep does your hatred have to go? But also, that I've heard a lot of upsetting things on the podcast. Uh, that is possibly one of the most, like, that's, that is like so upsetting. Yeah. Yep. I'm so upset that that happened. I oh, hate yeah. This person. But I'm not oh, surprised, yeah. though. I think that's the th- I think that's the thing that I'm right. like, even in this movie, uh, those kind of things, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, you know, during this film when uh, the cap- the white captain who was there was all chummy with the black dude at the end. You know what I mean? Like, when they're like, when he when he picks him up, he's like, hey, can I get a ride? And he's like, yeah, he's still kind of racist, but he's trying to be nice when they're in the car. And I'm like, it bothers me because this black dude has to come to the South against extreme odds improve how smart, how talented he was. And also, he did something you couldn't do. 
he got one of, he got two of your white racist boys off when you're ready to throw them under the bus. Like right. he did that. You're ready yeah. to like we call him like these two assholes, whatever he said about him. Like that dude protected those people better than you protected them. And what bothers me sometimes is that I think black people in general, especially black women, are just way more protective, way more understanding sometimes than I wish we were. <laughs> Whereas like, yeah. ooh, man, like if he would have just like, yeah, take them too. He'd have took two racist yeah. soldiers out. Like that'd have been like, yeah. you know what? They didn't do something today. But if we know we did, they did something in the past, and they're right. going to do something tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, right. you know we knew, we knew it. But but every every yeah. like outcast white person that I know, like like a, a white person that was like you know the black sheep in high school or whatever, they always consistently across the board. The only group that would hang out with me and treat me nice were the black kids. Mm. That's just who we. That's who right. we are. We're human. Yeah, yeah. Right. We yeah. have compassion because we know what it's like to be an outcast. Because we're, you know what I mean? We're on the yeah. outside of everything in America, just generally speaking, regardless right. of what our status or stature is. And so we'll take, you know, okay, cool. We know y'all as a people, y'all ain't shit, but come on, come to the party. Yeah. You yeah. know? And black people have had to learn how to check their egos because if you didn't, you would get killed. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like you'd have to learn how to have more forgiveness and uh, to not, to not be so ego driven to allow people to do certain things to you to a degree, you know, but it's like, you know, you have to know when the line is crossed and when it's not, when it's worth stepping up, you know, fighting back and when it isn't. And like, it was interesting, even the there was that moment where the sergeant was making fun of CJ and then Denzel kind of st- st- like, you know, sticks up for him, but then he like, he's a uh, I forgot exactly what, oh, it was that I- England, like, were you from England? That was the line mm. that mm. kind of put That's him over the yes. edge. He say, and he said it something like this, where you from? Stop it, James. No, he didn't say it like that. Stop it, James. 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 I just think it was something like that. It was, it James, was something it around wasn't. there. James. It really wasn't. It, it's like, okay, all right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I don't know. I'm saying I'm just thinking that's what I think it sounded like. You're doing like Terrence Howard doing Denzel. Like, I need that to stop. <laughs> we from London, yeah, Mike. It's a perfect description. <laughs> where, where but, you but then, yeah. you, you know, Denzel's character is like, well, why didn't you you know, why don't you stick up for yourself? And he's like, man, he, he he's like, I he was like, ah, he, you know, he's just joking around. Or Honestly, I feel sorry for him. Like, a person who says something like that, they gotta be in a lot of pain. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, damn, this nigga got so much empathy. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he's got so much empathy, empathy for this guy who hates him, like, yeah. who literally hates him, but he's like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, that there's something wrong with him, you know? And it's like, I know who I am. You know, that's what he said. Which and and it here's was like, the interesting man. thing about that. We call, you know, they have that word simp now. Yeah. Right. And it's so funny how we use these terms like simp. And that character, CJ, on the surface, oh, look at this. He's a dummy. He's just letting people treat yeah. him any kind of way. But the right. reality is, like you just said, Braylock, he knows who he is. He's cool with who right. he is. So what you're saying on the outside, it doesn't matter. Okay, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. I'll be your Huckleberry, whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? And and that really is is how you, you should be as a person. We shouldn't internalize everything that we hear. We shouldn't get offended or get upset or have our egos or our psyche broken because someone 
calls us a name or says says a thing. And it's just interesting how we label sometimes what we could consider the best of us these diminishing terms as if they're doing it wrong. Right, yeah. right. <sighs> yeah. It was so I just that part of it was so interesting to me. Also, when the when the captain first gets into his into the place that they're, I guess they're like, they put him at a place where nobody else was and it was like kind of empty. But then there was the term snowflake was written yeah. on the mirror and I was like, oh, that stop. was so interesting to me. It just, it's like a term that's come back when I, I'm like, used. what did it mean then? Still you know what I mean? Like, was it the same? Was it, I didn't, I, I didn't know like exactly who wrote that. Was it white people who wrote that or was it the black people who wrote that? I feel like the black people uh, liked him. I feel like they like yeah, looked up to him. It seemed like the black people right. were like really So what did the admirable. white people mean calling him Snowflake? He was uppity. That's what I took it as. Yeah, it was like you, got like, yeah. like you you saw like yeah, I thought it was like you uppity, which Oh yeah, yeah. You're a black person who Yeah, yeah. Oh you're so, Oh we, I heard someone Oh, you think you're so fancy. Yeah. Someone I know, <laughs> my goodness, someone I know within twenty twenty one was called uppity. It was a black woman. I cannot remember who, but I mean, when she said the term, I was like, who the fuck is using yeah. the term uppity in 20... 20- it's going, man, I, it may not this, but hopefully it comes back to me, but I was like, that term bothers me to such an extent because um, it means you can't be smart. It means like, yeah. hey, if you're black, you can't be smart. That's what that's what it sounds like every time I hear it. Um, yeah. Honestly, guys, I got nothing to say to Hollywood because I'm. This movie has made me mad and sad at the same time. Like I don't know <laughs> how I emotionally feel after this movie because some of the stuff is still happening. I don't know, and that happens a lot with some of these movies we watch. But like this one, man, those microaggressions aren't even micro anymore. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's just like this is just, so. Uh, at the end, the captain cries. Which is also interesting because it felt similar to what Denzel winds up doing in Glory. Like, the it was tier, also baby. a single tear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, came down. I was like, did Denzel watch this movie? And then go, oh, I like that. I'm going to take that. <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically, I think Denzel actually has two. I think he has one and one. But the one over here is like, go all the way down oh, to that's cheap. true. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Had that mean but How do you I just make was, yeah, sure what that you... happens? <laughs> <laughs> Guarantee I don't know. a single tear. I got it. What do you think? What did you think of this ending where the captain winds up turning in three black officers, three black soldiers, basically? Um, You know, the the person who did it, the person who saw him do it and said nothing. And then also Wilkie, Wilkie. because Mm -hmm. he planted the gun on CJ. Yeah. (laughs) It was like this kind of thing where I was like, that's his job. And also, is this helping anybody? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, well, that's what I love. Who is I loved this helping? That, I loved that. That at the end, the white captain says, um, "I was wrong," and then, um, and then the black captain says, "I was too," because, like, I think that he, like, he felt that same way. He was like, you know, the truth is out. He he fully did his job. You know, everything. Everyone that everyone that did wrong according to the law is is now being arrested you know but like but it who is it helping you See, know theory, and like and, he ain't wrong man this is my thing 
it'd be different if he came down that he only was looking at the white um, officers and being like, I know it's one of y'all. Literally how white cops treat black people was like, I know it's one of y'all. Until they like find one little kernel of truth and like, I see, I told you. He didn't do that. He literally said multiple times, I don't know who did it. The, the, the other captain comes, well, who shot the rest? I don't know yet. Like that black man should not have said to that white dude at the end of this movie, I was wrong. He was not wrong. He came to do his job. He did his job. He was right. Everything he did was right. He did the right thing, and it sucked that he had to do it. It should have been like, I hate <laughs> Well, what do you right. think he meant when he said, I was wrong to too? To me, it meant like um, he came down thinking a white person killed like a black captain. Like, and that was the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, he thought that. Everyone told him that's what happened. They said it was the Klan. Then they said it was the two soldiers. So that was the thing. I don't think that was the case. He really was trying to figure out what was going on. And if he thought it was one of the white people, he just took that colonel and was like, see, let's arrest these two white folks. He didn't. I don't like that they had a kumbaya moment. I really don't like it. But then why does he Why does he cry, though? Because I think he cried because of what Braylock said. He put three black dudes uh, in jail, and it doesn't help. I think he had to do his job, and it's like job over... Right, but that's why, that's why he feels like he's... That's why he says he's wrong. He doesn't for putting say them in jail, he, not for yeah, being he, wrong about it not being a white person. Yeah, Wait, he doesn't think uh, that he. He doesn't think that he, he. He's saying, he's saying I was wrong too, but not because like standing up for himself and and putting people in jail that did something wrong is the wrong thing to do, but because at the end of the day, it was these three black men who are who are you know, putting away three black men who are reacting to or who are under the boiling pot of of uh, systemic racism, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like it's like the 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 outcome of that to him feels wrong. Like I was wrong. I you get know? that. That actually does make. Oh, so he was wrong for doing he was wrong for putting him in jail. He he's, right. he is basically saying what you said, which is I put three black people in jail. That sucks. Oh, I was yeah, wrong. I didn't re- I didn't read it that way. But I but uh, but that's an interesting oh, take okay. on it. If that's what, what he did meant. You, what did you think he, he meant when he said I was? I wrong thought he too. meant what Jarrah said, too, of like, I was wrong. I thought um, he was wrong. He he thought it was white people who did it and not the Klan. I think he thought it was white officers who did it and that it was a cover-up. And, and he thought he that all down, the way up until... In the beginning. Even when he was interrogating those white officers, he thought it until until they said... I forgot exactly what they said, but they... It was the bullet, right? Oh, the bullets, oh, right. He was, like, bullets, he was like, we don't even have bullets. He was like, we don't even have bullets. Like, But see, in that he was case, like, what? Then, I like their kumbaya moment I like their Kumbaya moment even more because because if you think about that 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 white <laughs> what that white captain was doing the whole time at the beginning he was like at the beginning he was like there's nothing I can do but I think he thought that those two white officers did, did it too yeah you know? oh I he think, did think, that's his, but I think he his thought, whole thing but I think was he that then right like yeah. he thought he yes, thought yes. in the beginning that they did it no right? yes so when, that's it. his whole point was. The reason he didn't want the black lawyer there was because he thought that, oh, if there's a black person leading this investigation, these two white officers will never will be arrested. Never be prosecuted. Because we they'll never else, let, right? yeah, they, they'll then, never let like a their, their black person arrest moment, them. Their kumbaya moment is this, is this like sort of beautiful twisted thing where these two, <laughs> these two people who thought it was black and white racism, <laughs> 
realized that it was way deeper than that. And they both were like, fuck. See, All right, I, come on, get in the car. You're right. I don't. You know what I, I mean? I get that. I get that. But Hollywood has taught me I, that black dude is not on the same level as racism and understanding and growth that that white dude was. Like that black dude came to do his job. And he, even if he had a kernel no. of thought. No, of course not. Like even if he had a kernel of thought, like it could be one of these white dudes. It wasn't. And he did not simply go after white people. The first people he actually speaks to are the blacks on purpose. You know what I'm saying? This white dude yeah. is the one who had to change his mindset about this black guy. This black guy he, had no reason in in my mind to be on the level of this white dude being like, me too. Nah, nah, bruh. Right. You were wrong. I, I know what you're saying, Dura. Well, the other thing that's twisted about it is that the other reason the white guy was wrong is because, not just because he thought it was those white officers, he also was like, a black person couldn't be smart enough to kill yeah. this sergeant yeah. and yeah. get away with yeah. it. <laughs> like, that's yeah. literally, he was like, oh, no, 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 you, black people aren't that crafty, yeah. you know, because <laughs> it was smart, because, yeah. I don't think he was talking about the intelligence of black people, though. I think that guy, he was a racist piece of shit, sure. But I think in a lot of ways, he admired black people and kind of on some level, knew that they were equal or greater too. And I think what he said, what he was saying was not that a black person isn't smart enough, but we're not dirtbags in that way, I think is really what is what he was saying. That, that's how I, oh, interesting. yeah, that's how I interpreted that for sure. Uh, I, I think that he, uh, it was, I mean, it was this thing where at the end I felt like the captain did the right did the right thing to his kind of moral code and what the law is supposed to be. But it's interesting that he had to do that to prove himself to, I don't know who, I guess other white people, that he was a, a, an upstanding in, uh, officer. But all of the other, all of these other white people that he's doing it for, you know, or at least the people who are in charge were totally okay with and were 100% already covering for two white officers who they thought killed yeah, this black person. Yeah, 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 and so yeah. I was, and so that in that in of itself was like, so then when you black officer find out that it was a, that it was another black person who did this, you not only threw him in jail, but you threw the accomplice, you know, you threw this uh, two other people in jail as well. And so you and you were doing that because it's the right thing to do, and yet the people who are telling you it's the right thing to do did the wrong. They didn't do it. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the part of it that's so twisted. You know, what yeah. I, mean? yeah. I think about that sometimes. Of like, it's like you think about that in terms of the police, right? The po like the police will talk about black people like sticking up, like black, like black people in black neighborhoods not wanting to snitch and they're like oh it's so disgusting and they won't snitch on people and like mm -hmm. they're willing to let you know these criminals go you know just because of some weird black code and yet when their officers oh, their do brothers it, go kill don't somebody they're oh solid blue wall yeah. you know what yeah. i mean they will cover for they yeah. will do anything to make sure that accidentally <laughs> oh and, man. It, and it's like they don't do when it i'm like so you you're criticizing us for a thing that you do at like at the you know what i mean and that's the part of it that's that double standard and that like 
where you're just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you realize, well, if the person who's setting it up gets the control, whether it's right or wrong, you know what I mean? There's no real winning. That's why to me, even though the movie has like kind of happy music at the end, I was like, this is not a happy ending. No, yeah, no black way. people don't, no, no, nobody no wins. Way. No, 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 no. <laughs> no way. That's not a happy ending for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful film. It's a, it's a beautiful film. Yeah. It really is. Watch yeah. it. Get angry. <laughs> <laughs> Get angry. Yeah. Get angry. I just feel like the one thing I would have wanted to change is like, you know, it's like, because at the end, you know, like we keep hearing that they're gonna like play this game and like maybe they're gonna maybe they're gonna play oh, this play final, the Yankees yeah, yeah, final game against the Yankees. Yeah. And I just feel like I just feel like at the end, like there we could have had like a flashback to that last game, which like, you know, and naturally, you know, for out of respect for CJ, they're not playing. Um right. but then I feel like out of nowhere a, a basketball just like bounces into the middle of the field. The baseball field here. Basketball? Baseball, baseball field. field. Basketball bounces into the middle of the, of the baseball field and we just hear I'll, I'll play the game, a whole game myself. I'll play it all myself. And then, and then, so <laughs> Dang, what are you talking about? Steel pulls out his hammer and, and he's like, I got this. Shaq he is not whole, in this movie, dog. <laughs> he plays the whole baseball game by himself. Then Why you let him with a hammer and a basketball? Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then you hear a voice like, and he says, if you build it, they will come. And then what happens? Kevin Costner walks out. Don't do this. Braylock. In this. You is let it, him go too thank long. Thank you, Frankie. See, Every Frankie time. Knew what Frankie's was not on his side. Frankie, Frankie <laughs> don't be on his side. Don't do this. This was a, a stretch. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. Whatever you're into, with Amazon Prime, you can go deep. So if you're all about pop right now, you could watch pop documentaries on Prime Video. Discover pop playlists on Amazon Music Prime. And if you're really serious, order a rhyming dictionary with fast free shipping from Prime. From shopping to streaming to saving, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Teams are the heart and soul of every company. And if you listen to Adobe's new podcast, The Power of Teamwork, you'll hear about why they're so important. Hosted by Adobe's Garrett Schwartz, The Power of Teamwork explores how collaboration fuels success through real-life stories across various industries. You'll even hear some of it firsthand from guests at HelloFresh, Gooder Sunglasses, Amazon's The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and more. So listen and subscribe to The Power of Teamwork on Spotify now. It's time for the cause. We rate and review films not based on, on how much we liked it, but whether it helped the cause of more leading Black actors in Hollywood. 
So if it fully helps the cause, uh, we give it a black fist. If it somewhat helps the cause, we give it a white palm. And if it didn't help the cause at all, we don't give it anything. So on the count of three, we'll all kind of do our ratings for oh, okay, a I'm ready. I'm story. so ready for it. Okay, it. here we go. One, two, three. Hey, there we go. There we, go. we knew that. We knew that was going. We knew that was Four black fists. We knew that was going. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah, now. I wasn't having any review for it. It's <laughs> like, mean, it had David Allen Greer, Denzel Washington, you know. This was so great. Robert Townsend. Thank you guys for having no. me on so much. This is really fun. No, thanks for being oh, here. This was a, thank you. Yeah. yeah, wonderful insight. And it was nice hearing about some of your own experiences, too. It's very lovely. Oh, thank you. Um, oh, yeah. This is your time. Uh, is, there, is there anywhere people can see you or uh follow you on social media mm-hmm. anything like that oh for sure um i'm at frankie french everywhere i'm most active on instagram mm-hmm. and frankie is spelled f-r-a-n-q-i f-r-e-n-c-h uh and i'm also going to be on the season or episode six of curb your enthusiasm which is coming out soon, say so. what oh hey, say uh, what <laughs> I said it. Out there with Larry. Out there with Larry. Yeah, my scene is with Larry David too. It's pretty funny. It'll be fun. Oh, fun. Yeah. When he walked in, they're like Frankie, Larry, Larry, Frankie, and we shake hands. But I say to him, I said, I know, I know, it's a big deal for you to meet me right now. <laughs> <laughs> he just died laughing. <laughs> I love that. Oh man, I can't wait to see that. Thank you. Thank you. I also you. have something uh, coming out with uh, Anthony Anderson. We did a House Hunters prank show. So that'll, that'll oh, come out okay. Nice. Respect. Respect. Uh, all right. Thank you so much. And uh, you can follow us at Blackman Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Blackmanpodcast.com is our website where we have links to merchandise. We got uh, uh, a defunct Patreon. We don't do new episodes on the Patreon <laughs> anymore, but there's a year's worth of episodes on there if you want to do that. Uh, you can follow me at John Braylock. You can follow me at James Third Comedy. Third is three R D. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Gerard Milligan. And also, if you uh, rate and review us on iTunes and give us five stars, we'll read your review on the air. We don't have a new one right now, so get get wow, some get the reviews, man. Reviews. I think it's because I be shading people when they when they suggest movies I don't like. I think that's I gotta stop. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop shading folks. That's on me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, <laughs> listeners. You can. You could do it. You could do it. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys so much. We will see you next week. Peace. Forever. Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Produced by Melissa D. Bonds. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcast.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcast on YouTube at youtube.com slash foreverdogteam. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at foreverdogteam to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. (coughs) 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.